It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's the goal Hello Bubba Bunch and welcome back to another edition of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast It is your boy, Bubba Let's, joined by Kevin once again Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Week 16 edition of winners and losers in the NFL. Uh, Happy hump day. Oh, yeah. You want to hump together? Oh, oh. (laughs) this is is the direction we're going right away. Okay, cool. (laughs) Nice. It's the shirt, man. It's got to be the shirt. Hey, hey, man. Looking good, man. Thanks, man. Looking good, man. Uh, uh, for, for all you that are listening to this and you haven't seen the shirt, you're gonna. A lot. Oh, oh yeah. This is a very comfy shirt. If you, if you guys know who uh, at Hitcher Ride is, it's those kind of vibes right there. I'm pretty sure people don't. But a better way to look at it is, like, go to, like, Forever 21 or uh, even, like, Ross, TJ Maxx, whatever. Um, and just find a shirt just in, in like a corner and you're like, who would ever wear that shirt? And I'd come in and be like, this guy, this guy would buy that shirt. Looking good, man. Hey, hey thanks, you know, man. it's a good way to, you know, unfortunately and sadly begin one of the last winners and losers because, Season's almost over, man. Season's almost over. We got this one, week 17, and then we'll probably end off the year or the season with winners and losers. But we kind of already did that with surprises and disappointments. But we'll figure it out because yeah. I want to do one to where we kind of do the end of the year. It's like literally New Year's in two days. But uh, I want to do like best moments in sports, worst moments in sports throughout the year. Ooh, so, I like that. So we'll, I got a lot. I got a lot. It's kind of our variation of winners and losers. But for now, let's focus on the NFL Week 16 because pretty straightforward. No, no kind of uh, being around the bush this week. It, it's pretty simple what we're going for in winners yeah. and losers. So, you know the deal. Winners, they get a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly screwed up on the mouse so give me a second are you good man yeah uh, uh losers oh! and the honorable mention of the week which is always uh, just a, a fun thing to do it's a joy it's a joy and i want my damn respect too we're also adding on one final thing yes. once once we finish the winners and losers but we'll get to that so would you like to go first, sir, or should I? Oh. Because mine is pretty simple. Mine's oh. pretty basic. Oh, well, you know what? Go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the honor. If you haven't been living under a rock for the last week or so, um, and you actually watch football and can comprehend football, and even those who can't, I think that if you look at a stat sheet like this and you say, well, touchdowns are important in football. Six touchdowns is a lot. <laughs> so, if you have a brain, the first winner of the week is, of course, Alvin Kamara. Because he got his quarterback back. And, dear God, 
did he just destroy the Minnesota Vikings defense? You know, he single-handedly won the Saints that game. 100%. And won a lot of people their fantasy And uh, made games. a lot of people lose their championship, unfortunately. Hey, God damn. Winner, loser. You are a loser. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yes, I've never seen a performance like that in fantasy. Uh, in our league, he got me 56 points. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, I was on pace to get uh, like 200, which I've never done before. But Alvin Kamara yeah. did it. So 22 carries, 155 yards, those six touchdowns, which tied the record for most rushing touchdowns in a game ever in NFL history, yeah. alongside Ernie Nevers in 1929. I can't, I can't tell you who even remembers 1929. But I'm pretty sure that 1929, six touchdowns in a game, was not the talking point of the town. No. Nope. And this record has just gone along through all the greats of Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Adrian Peterson. We've, we're even getting Derrick Henry. But yeah. no one has ever reached the level of six touchdowns to tie that record from 1929. And he should have broken it, by the way. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Sean Payne decided to be an asshole for about two minutes. And he said, Taysom Hill, I know that you have disappointed me a lot this season as being a quarterback. And Drew Brees is back in there with 11 fractured ribs. And he's still playing better than you as a quarterback. But why don't we just give you a little consolation prize and get, get yourself that touchdown? Even though they took a timeout and ran down the play clock to get Alvin Kamara some rest. Alvin Kamara's waiting on the fucking sideline. And he's like, put me in, coach. Sean Payne's like, nah, your boy Taysom's got it. So instead of going for the record that is withhold or withstood for that amount of years since 1929. And you say, nah, you already got six. Kamara, very humble. Said it, it, it's all good. Taysom shared the love. We all share the love here. Spread the wealth is what he said. Yeah, spread the wealth. I think there's there's got to be some obligation in that contract where it says if you score this amount of touchdowns, you're getting paid. That has to be an incentive. Tying an NFL record has to be an incentive. Well, I feel like if you score six, when a lot of people in their contracts probably have like if you score ten or more in a season, then you get a bonus. This man single-handedly earned himself a bonus in one game. In one afternoon. Yeah. In like a two-hour stretch. But Alvin Kamara, dear God, man. Yeah, he's just a freak of nature. I mean, you know, you know, stat-wise, you know, stat-wise, I understand. You know, if you want to make the argument of who is the best running back right now in the NFL, you can choose between, you know, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. But Alvin Kamara, like... He literally does it all, all, everything, receiving, running, blocking, blocking. He can, he can I, block too. I think, I think, you know, it's, I think it's a pretty good argument if you want to say that he is the best running back in the league because he can do everything, everything. That first touchdown he had in the first quarter and he just blew past the secondary. He's gliding down the field. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look like he's trying that hard, but he's gliding. And it feels like he's getting faster and faster the the play goes along. I I mean, I can't even tell you how impressive it was to watch him. And he did it 
with Christmas shoes on. It's got to be the shoes, right? It's got to be the shoes. Always. So Alvin Kamara, uh, it's it's so simple. It, yeah. It, it had to be done. That stat line says it all. It says it all. It's got to be the shoes. Alvin, mm-hmm. enjoy some of the bubbly. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. Mm. You know, even though you cost me, but whatever. Uh, is the whole reason why I won that game. I'm in the cha- I'm in the natty. Unfortunate gameplay for me. Well, sir, you know who is not unfortunate this season? That bad man oh. is back. Oh, he's a bad he's man. Back. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say back? He never left. You know, this season when when I when the season started, right? There were so many people. Aaron Rodgers had a bad year last year. Aaron Rodgers was off last year. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't look the same. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if you know, but Aaron Rodgers' bad years are career years for some quarterbacks. So please withhold your disrespect. How dare you, my lord. And look, I I love Josh Allen. I said that at the beginning of the season. Him and Russ were, you know, probably going to win MVP. You know, Patty P is over there breaking... I mean, everything. He, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Jesus Christ. But I don't know, man. You know, I think Rodgers got this thing locked up. He has to. He has I think, to. I think Aaron Rodgers has this MVP locked up, honestly. He has literally made every single game, besides two, the Bucks and the Panthers game. Other than that, Literally every single game this season, he's made it look easy. He's made it look so easy. It's to a point where you can literally say, oh, um, okay, so uh, the Packers already automatically get 21 points because he literally scores three touchdowns a game. It's so simple. You can always guarantee three touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. So at the beginning of the game, it's not 0-0. It's already 21-0. It, let's just see if the other team can possibly catch up. Yeah, you know, it's it's in, he's so. I don't even want to say he's so good because we just know that he's always been good. You know, and and I'll make this quick because you know, at least for me, I think there's not really a lot that has to be said. Like I said, it, this MVP is locked up for Rodgers in my opinion. But the argument has always been who has who has been the better quarterback, who has had the better career at quarterback. And the argument has always been Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. If you want to look at statistics, obviously Tom Brady. Obviously. He has the rings to prove it. He has the records to prove it. That's fine. But out of pure talent, pure talent, pure skill, just Aaron Rodgers is better. He's like the perfect mold of what you want in a quarterback. He's he's perfect. Aaron Rodgers is literally perfect. I, You know... I feel like I feel like the way we feel about Aaron Rodgers right now in 2020 is how people felt about you know like Joe Montana back in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, because Joe Montana was the ideal quarterback in the 80s. You know, everybody wanted to be the next Joe, right? And you know, when Steve came in, everybody wanted Steve to be like Joe. Yeah, Steve had a successful career. Don't get me wrong, but was he Joe? He wasn't Joe. Let's be real, you know. So. I, 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 man, I mean, what else? And also, not even to mention, we're Cowboys fans, so we have to call him Daddy Rogers because he owns us in general. My God. Oh, he's Daddy but, in general. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, very handsome man. But yeah, Aaron. man. I, I, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers. You've literally been drinking bubbly for the past like. You got drafted in 04. You started in 08. So 13 years of your career. Have another one, man. My God. Also, enjoy your MVP trophy. Oh, a little bit of the bucket. I mean, it's, it's so simple. Like, like, you know, you started off with a simple Alvin Kamara. Do I have to say anything? What's his, what's his ratio right now? 43, touch, uh, 43 touchdowns, four interceptions? <laughs> he went into the Titans game 40 and four. And now and he's he just threw dimes. Well, no, he, he had an interception in that game. Also, oh, 43 and 5. 43 and 5. 43 <sighs> or 44. Oh, sorry, my God. Yeah, it really hurts the stat sheet. That's insane. 43 and 5? The same oh. way that Kamara is at, at just gliding down the field, it just feels so natural for Aaron Rodgers to throw 40, 50 yards down the field like it's nothing. And if, you, if he catches you off sides, it's a free play. He's the greatest oh, quarterback of yeah, all time. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's undebatable how he just is so composed in that situation where he, he just gets you again. He's been doing this for 13 years straight, and he gets you every single time. You know what's coming, and you can't do anything about it. But, yes, I completely agree with you. Look, Tom Brady's the most decorated quarterback of all time, and he'd probably go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. But... The argument about Tom Brady is that he's not athletic. He's not fast. He's not yeah. skillful in the yeah. tangible things in football. All of those skills are in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, all of that that was taken away from Tom Brady is put into Aaron Rodgers. Because if you're saying, how do I build a quarterback? Fundamentals, throwing accuracy, throwing power, running ability, composure, mental aspect. I'm imagining Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a prettier ball come out of someone's hands than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers literally throws dimes almost every single play. And even if it's a miss, it still looks pretty. I mean, like, it's maybe like a what a one, two-yard miss. I mean, he's just so good. But the he's, one, I'd say the God. one thing that people are underestimating this year more than ever is that He's finally got his off the field and just his mind right from yeah. all the drama with his family, with his exes, whatever. He's meditating. He's, you know, he's just doing like some spiritual guidance type of stuff off the field to where it's now helping him way more on the field to yeah. where everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. Like these interviews he's doing with Pat, McA uh, Pat McAfee and you know, these different interviews with different people, you know, they're different. They, he just, he yeah. doesn't care anymore. It's yeah. not, it's he, not a bad care. It's like literally like, I know I'm good. I know what I can do. I'm just going to go out there and just do me. You know, and, and last thing I'm going to say before you go on to your next one, I really hope, and I, I'll say it like this. There's two things. There's two things about Aaron Rodgers. One I hope they get him a second receiver this offseason. I don't I, I hope. I mean, I don't think they need it. Uh Alan Lazard and MVS, I'm sorry. Way too inconsistent in my opinion. Well, who cares? You got Robert Tunyon. Who's he's literally so a he's a touchdown did, machine. How how did he not go to the Pro Bowl? Anyway, that, that's a different thing. Hmm. And second one. Don't sit here and tell me that Jordan Love did not light a fire under his ass. Come on. Come on. 
Well, I feel like don't that's where it, sit here and tell me that, dude. Come on. I think that's where the meditation, all that mental stuff off the field really helped him because he could have taken it really to heart and, and taken it personally. Yeah. But he didn't. Like they, They've interviewed him. He's like, I'm fine with it. I understand the situation of like one day I'm going to be the Brett Favre to the Aaron Rodgers story. Yeah. So like, he, he's, he's been there where Jordan Love is. But yeah. I think if this was a few years ago, I think it, it would have been going down a lot differently. But since he's just fixed it, he's, he's relaxed. Remember? Like yeah. when he said it, relax. I feel like now he's just said that about his entire life. And he is he deserves an MVP. Yeah. I, I love Patrick Mahomes, but his third? Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, second or third? I can't Something recall. Like that. Something like that. Well, either way, he deserves it. Uh, listen, Patty, better look next year. Yeah. Okay, so with that, how about some more bubbly across Lambeau? You know, they had oh. all the snow, but I think um, everybody deserves a piece of the pie. It, it, it was such a well-rounded effort. I agree. Because you can just look at every aspect of this game and say they won in everything against the Tennessee Titans. Look, I get it. The snow and that weather is devastating to any opposing team, especially a team that comes from fucking Nashville, of all places, that probably never sees snow. And you have, like, Ryan Tannehill has played most of his life in Miami and went up to Tennessee. They're not getting snow anytime soon, right? Yeah. But the fact that this matchup was so in favor of the Packers before the game even started, it made it that more impressive to see the dominance on the field because, look, Devontae Adams caught 142 yards of Aaron Rodgers' 231 yards in the air. That's insane. More than Devontae Adams is a freak of nature. Well, he had three touchdowns, the four, or three out of the four that Aaron Rodgers threw. By the way, Aaron Rodgers, 128 passer rating. Jesus Christ. So, Devontae Adams, just the best fantasy wide receiver alongside Stephon Diggs this season. And he's getting better and better each week. No one can can defend him. And yet, he's doing it in snow while Corey Davis is putting up a fucking goose egg. And you imagine if Devontae played those three games that he missed? He would have shattered the, the touchdown record. Well, think about how many seasons we've seen to where he's missing three, four, even more games because of injury and what he could have done in those games. Yeah, man. Anyway, keep going. Uh, it's been a while, but Quadzilla, A.J. Dillon, ha- have yourself a fucking day. I, I'm, I'm really happy that they finally let him run uh, just because, you know, it sucks when a very, very talented running back like him is stuck at, you know, the third or fourth string. Because, look, Aaron Jones, monster. Jamal Williams, solid running back. So, you know, you have to go through the the first stringer that's that can do everything in Aaron Jones. You have to go through Jamal Williams that's a very solid runner general. And you're kind of just there like, hey, I'm super talented. My legs could kill anyone if I wanted to. Give me the ball. So... I'm I'm really happy that AJ Dillon finally got his chance, and my God, did he he really showed what he's made of. I'm I, I mean you, you got to assume that like with the snow, and with the impact they can have in the passing game, that the running game would be heavily in favor of Derrick Henry. But oh, absolutely. Here comes the bulldozer that is AJ Dillon. His quads are getting larger by the second. 
I would like to see him and Saquon take a picture of their quads together. Well, that's probably not PG. I mean, that's got to be rated R. Uh, rated R for violence, for freaking murder, for sexual, uh, sexual behavior. Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah. How? How did so? Okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, twenty-one carries, one hundred and twenty-four yards, and two touchdowns for AJ Dillon. And I mean, Aaron Jones had like ninety-five yards, but you can really make the case that Jamal Williams is going to have to take a step back now with AJ Dillon. And you can use Aaron Jones more in the passing game. You don't have to always give him the ball down the middle. A.J. Dillon can do that for you. And at the goal line, do you really think you're going to stop A.J.? You really think that's going to happen? Yeah, right. The man could kill me. The man could kill me right now. Pads or no pads. And I got to stop him at the one-yard line? I'll pass. But we can even talk about that defense. Their secondary played really well. Jair Alexander, I think, only gave up one pass. And like I just mentioned, Corey Davis had two targets, zero receptions. They locked him down. Yeah. It didn't help my fantasy team. But, oh well. I'm excited to see what the Packers are doing. I'm all on it, man. I'm saying Green Bay wins it all. I've been on the hype train that, you know, Green Bay is going to win the NFC. 100%. I don't even think it's close. I don't no, think it's close. I, really I think don't. it's I think it's a matter of who comes out of the AFC more than it is the NFC. Yeah. If if you want to say the Saints have a good chance, I've been on the Saints bandwagon for about two to three years now, where I think they can win a Super Bowl. Not this year. I I no. can't tell you that I believe in them like I do the Packers. It, it, with the Saints, it's because of the fact that Drew Brees is just not playing Drew Brees like. And we all know that if Drew Brees is not at his top level, the Saints just go down. They go down. So. I, I, I've I've been on the hype train as well that the Saints the Saints window these last three years has literally been ripped up, ripped from them because of the NFL. Horrible officiating. It's it's ridiculous. Uh just unluckiness. But um not this year. Nope. I really do think that the best team in the NFC is the Packers and there's no contestion. Any team that goes up against them, I really don't see it. I don't you, you gotta score more than forty. At least yeah. You have to score more than 40 because they have yeah. dropped 40 bombs like it's nothing. And you just have to hope that you can – because we, we, we've talked about it before. Their defense is bend but don't break. You got to hope that you find a crack in there somewhere to even have a chance. I, I think this game proved that they are better than what people assume about their yeah. defense. So, Lambo, enjoy the snow. Enjoy the frozen tundra. Enjoy Close. the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Well, I, you know, speaking of these Packers, my uh, second winner just so happens to be their arch nemesis, their arch rival. Let's. What is the absolute best thing that could happen to a team leading to the playoffs? Happened to the Titans last year. Got hot. They got hot. You know which team is scorching hot right now? The, she- the Chicago De Bears? The Bears, man. Look, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky has revived his career by any means. He's he's playing way better than before, but he has not revived his career. However, the Bears have been scoring like 30 points the last four games. Yeah. 
their offense is revived. The David Montgomery that we're seeing now is the David Montgomery that should have been there in Chicago the last two seasons. Allen Robinson, freak of nature. If you do not sign Allen Robinson this season, oh, those riots are going to be bad. They are going to be bad. Darnell Mooney getting a little bit of love this week. Mm -hmm. We just talked about him last, finally. And that defense is starting to, you know, look like the Packers defense, don't you think? A little bit of a bend but don't break. A little bit of lockdown for some quarters. You know, as they should be when you have a freak like Khalil Mack. When you have Robert Quinn, you have Kendall Fuller in Raquan coverage. Raquan Smith. Oh, that boy's, that boy's good. I mean, look, these Chicago Bears are hot. And you know what? Hey, man, they might be 8-7. and seven. They could be the Titans of last season going into the playoffs 9-7 and seven and shocking some, uh, shocking some teams. Look, I'll get, into the, I'll get into it later, but there's some teams in that NFC that do not look ready for the playoffs, in my opinion. Oh, God. They don't. No. I'll get I, to one in a second. They, they, they do not look ready. And I, I'm, I'm going to get to it at the end of this episode. I'm going to get to it. But to keep it simple, Chicago Bears look extremely hot. Mitch is finally looking like the quarterback that Chicago wants. David Montgomery's popping off. Their offense looks great, and their defense is doing enough. Their defense is locking down. What more could you possibly ask for for a team entering into the playoffs right away? If they win this week, they're in. If they win, they're in. And honestly, in my opinion, as of right now, they're in. And they look like they can make some upsets. I thought it was to where they need a win and they need one of the other teams to lose. It was my understanding he was winning in. Let's take the Bears. The Bears. The Bears playoff scenarios. Here's how the Chicago Bears can clinch a playoff spot. In the Bears beat. Oh, it's simple enough. If the Bears win, they're in. I'm sorry, sir. Fuck me. I don't know shit about sports. Well, you know who does know shit about sports, at least for the last four weeks? Matt Nagy. Congratulations. Hey, I like that. I like that. But they do go they go against the Packers. Oh, but you can't say that it's just it's that simple. But it's it's my understanding that the Packers are resting. No. They're not because they still have to clinch the first seed. I think if I thought they clinched Last week? No, they they haven't yet. Oh, okay. Sorry, Bears. You're not a playoff. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, well, for now, Bears. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. But that's why I think that it's a, a more realistic look to where if they, even if they lose, I think that if the Cardinals lose, then the Chicago Bears are in. But I could be wrong about that. I was just looking at the scenario yesterday with Eddie. Oh, man. Yeah, you figure it out. Google it. Well, look, I mean, shit, who knows, man? Like I said, these Bears are playing out of their minds lately. So, who knows? Who knows? I mean, you go into the offseason, no matter what happens, saying we might actually have something here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we don't have to just throw chaos into the carousel uh, of the quarterbacks, and we actually have someone that we can at least have for another year. For real? You never know. Yeah. So, go for it, sir. Your third one. Third winner. Look, I'm not going to say that the Cowboys in general are my winners. They played really well in yeah. a much-deserved win against the Eagles. You know, they had 
they had their moments where I'm like, okay, this is still a work in progress. That first quarter, that defense was absolutely one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Who doesn't put a QB spy on Jalen Hurts? Whatever. Well, 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 they did, but um, it was Jalen. No, there was moments where they just literally didn't have anybody. That was the joke. Check the film. That was the joke. Jalen Smith isn't a joke. His play's a joke. Um, yeah, well, his his play, unfortunately. I love Jalen, but unfortunately. It, it's It's been enough. It's been enough for me. But let's let's focus more on the positive and for me this week it's 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 it was a great performance by Andy Dalton but god bless am i excited to see Michael Gallup finally just have himself a tremendous day most underrated receiver for, on that Cowboys trio the 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 forgotten soul really of yeah, that wide real. receiver core because it's always going to be Amari Cooper first who had a great game. C.D. Lamb in the slot is an absolute beast. But the way that the Cowboys have been utilizing Michael Gallup since Dak Prescott went down is a lot of just short screens with one blocker. It's an illegal block in the back. It's a holding call. He gets maybe two or three yards out of it. whoop the fucking do Let's move on with our lives. And Michael Gallup is given that, and if you don't take it, well, shit, he's going to have zero targets for zero receptions. But this week, they went to the formula of Bubba Lutz in 2018. The, the reason I say that, sir, is I'm going to take you back to, oh. let's check the date here, May 4th of 2018 at 6.17 p.m. You even have the time. Wow. Okay. I want you to guys, I want you guys to know that what I'm holding in my hand is my phone on the Notes app. And it is a note that I made on that day when I was evaluating the Cowboys draft class in 2018. That was led that by was... Lane, Lane Vanderish yeah. and yours truly, Michael Gallup. So, on that day, round three, Colorado State wide receiver Michael Gallup. 6-1, second team All-American honor in 2017. More than 1,200 yards in each of his last two seasons. Size and speed, physical, difficult catcher with ability to find separation, but can improve, in quotations, Des Bryant replacement. Oh. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why I love the pick, because I did give you an explanation. It explains why the Cowboys released Des without negotiation. It was personal stuff, but I felt like they knew that they were going to get someone special in the draft that can do the same things that Dez does without all the drama, without all the injuries, and can do that physical, tough catch, 50-50 balls down the field. Similar to Dez, still has a lot of room to grow with separation and route running, which he has done over the last two seasons, and fits the wide receiver roster with speed, but also that physicality. The only reason I didn't like this pick was because it wasn't Calvin Ridley, it wasn't DJ Moore. And you've seen what... Calvin Ridley's doing Atlanta, an absolute monster there. And DJ Moore's doing really good things in Carolina. Christian Kirk um, was also in that draft. He's doing really great things in Arizona. So I felt like Michael Gallup was good, but he's not a number one receiver like some of these other guys have been. And he was like one of their least favorite in that draft. But this game proved that this is exactly what I want to see in 2018 when they drafted him. 
And this yeah. is exactly what Dak loves about Michael Gallup is that whenever I need to go deep, whenever I have to take a chance down the field, I feel good about Amari Cooper. I feel even better about CeeDee Lamb. But Michael Gallup is my guy. He yeah. is going to catch that ball no matter what the scenario is. If I put it above him, above that defender, he's going to catch that ball. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday against the Eagles. There's there's not a lot to say about him. Just look at the film. He's had so many 50-50 balls the last, you know, two years of your career, the two years of his career that he's just won. And he's I feel like he's bigger than what I'm seeing on TV. Like he breaks tackles. He just overwhelms a defender. But what I'm seeing six receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns. I'm going back to these notes and I'm saying, this is the guy. And no matter what happens, like he still has one more year in his deal left and his rookie contract. So after 2021, he's an unrestricted free agent. If the Cowboys want to extend him, which is going to be difficult to do with all the weapons that he has on offense, even if it's the case of getting him traded or moving on from him, there's value in him. And I'm saying no matter where he goes, if I'm New England, if I'm Miami, if I'm what other team, maybe Houston, because they did the same thing with Randall Cobb, I'm looking at Michael Gallup and saying, this guy is going to stun a lot of people. And yeah. he is maybe not a number one receiver, but if we pair him up with someone of equal or better value than him, he is going to be productive. He is going to annihilate second quarter uh, cornerbacks or a free safety that just can't get there in time because he's going to catch those balls deep. Packers. <clears throat> if the Packers want to get to him, I think that is the most dangerous thing in all of football. Yeah. Because they're yep. making it work with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Imagine you add M Michael Gallup instead. Yeah. I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers and Michael Gallup. Absolutely yeah. love it. Michael Gallup. Sir, I loved you in 2018. I love you now. More than ever. I could kiss you. But let the bubbly oh. speak for itself. Oh. Oh. A little bit of the bubbly. Hmm. God, that felt well, good. Well, sir, let's 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 round off the winners nicely, all right? Two let's years, round them off nicely. Two years in the making, and I was right. You know what else we were right about? Two weeks ago, we agreed on a scenario. Oh, two, two, yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we agreed on a scenario, and it's worked out, and it's come true. Jacksonville, congratulations. Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback. It's perfect. It's perfect. We said Jacksonville fits the mold that Trevor Lawrence needs. New York, stop it. Leave Sam Darnold alone. He could. I'm not saying he is. He could be your quarterback. Just give him a competent head coach. Give him a competent offense corner. Give him some weapons. Give him... Oh, your second pick? Give him a monster offensive lineman. Makai Becton has been balling out. That line is... The line could improve. And now you're going to draft Pene Suel? Oh, it, it, it's perfect. It's coming into shape. But back to the main winner. Dude, this could start something. Seriously. DJ Chark now could have a competent quarterback. James Robinson... Freak of nature already as it is. Oh, wow. It, 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 it's, it's a duo. Yeah. It's a duo. 
I mean, Trevor is already mobile as it is. That play action with DJ, with James Robinson. Dude, something could happen here. Something could happen. You know, maybe may, uh, La, LaVisca Chenault, that guy has proven that he can be a good second or a slot receiver. It's happening. Something's happening here. <laughs> it could happen. Jacksonville, finally, it worked out. We said it, and it's working out. I, Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited that, you know, Jacksonville could finally start the future with Trevor Lawrence. Because in twenty in twenty fifteen when they went to the championship, ever since then they've just been so garbage. But why? Because they have they've had inconsistent quarterback play. Their defensive prowess when it comes to their players have left. Dude, they could get their offense back on track. They could pick Trevor first overall, right? And they could pick the rest of their team on defense the rest of the draft. Dude. Jacksonville, congratulations. Jacksonville, get that bubbly. It's yours. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. I was looking up to see who was the running back for Clemson last year. So, CEH. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. I, I was thinking it was Clyde Edwards Alaire, but. You said Clemson, and I instantly thought LSU for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I was looking up just to make sure, but it was Tyler Etienne. And I yeah. was like. The system and the play calling of what Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Etienne were doing in like the college football playoff to and really the entire season of 2019, I could see that just completely copy pasted to what Jacksonville would do. Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson, who is like third in rushing this season and not talked about enough can be utilized in so many different ways, but he fits the mold of what Tyler Etienne is. And if you can put those two together with some really talented wide receivers, with a new head coach, with a new offensive coordinator, which is most likely going to happen, it's about time in, in Jacksonville. And with a defense that needs a lot of time to develop, but if you bring in some more guys, young group of guys, and hopefully C.J. Henderson really improves next season, and some of those other guys on the defensive line, I, I could see this being a two to three year project to where maybe you're not making the Super Bowl, but at least be competitive in that yes. division because yes. Houston doesn't look like they're going to get together in a few years. Indianapolis, they're really focusing on what's going on right now because they're focused on Phillip Rivers. I don't know what quarterback they're going to have for the next five, 10 years. And then Indianapolis or uh, Tennessee, yes, they have Derrick Henry. And they have all the weapons, but Derrick Henry can't do this forever. And their defense is really going to hurt them a lot of the time. So unless they just magically get a new defense put together, this is a division that, like last year, is winnable. Like, you can just win your divisional games. You may not have the best record, but it's a toss-up. It's the NFC East of the AFC. And if I'm Jacksonville, you get the best quarterback that we've seen in a very long time coming out of college. I mean, a Hall of Famer potentially he's just insane yeah you have a james robinson that if he keeps this pace is a future hall of famer you have receivers coming out of nowhere every single season if you can get a defensive mind on on on, uh, on the defense side of the ball maybe a wade phillips maybe and then get a new head coach like a young guru or anybody like that eric Bieniemy, maybe he's interested in that job or even the defensive coordinator for buffalo 
I'm liking where the Jacksonville Jaguars are right now. And you just got to thank the Jets for screwing this up a few weeks ago against Las Vegas. But Jacksonville, I am loving what they're going to do. And I think that that boost of confidence that Trevor Lawrence is going to bring is exactly what's going to happen in in Joe Burrow with Cincinnati. Only with with a, hopefully a better offensive line. So you don't tear up his knee, but just build a whole offense around him and you're golden. Yes. You may not be able to hold anybody to like 30 points, but at least you make everything a shootout and I'm taking Trevor Lawrence in a lot of those. I mean, hey, you might be able to score 24, 28, at least, you know, something. Yeah. Instead of what? Seven against the bears. Dub bears. Dub bears. Yeah. Love it, so, man. Love it. Oh, it's happening. It's happening, sir. Please give, uh, give us your honorable mention. Well, my honorable mention was David Montgomery. Um, he's he's been popping the fuck off. Well, yeah, because I'll just just quickly say that not just this game, but in the last month, he has six rushing touchdowns and has gone over 100 yards twice. He got 95, 96 this week, and I think the other week he had like 73. But it's still pretty good. In his previous 10 games before this month, where he had six, his total rushing touchdowns was one. He had one touchdown rushing in 10 games. In the last four, he has six. He's it's actually, he's actually running the ball. Yeah, he is. And he's running it good. <laughs> Weren't we like midway through the season where everyone's like, does he know how to play running back? And now and here what? we are and we're like, yeah, he kind of does. Well, you know what? To those people, give it to him. Give it to him. Oh, oh, of course. Yes. And I want my damn respect, too. David, I am so sorry. Yeah. Does, you deserve yeah. some respect. Yeah, give him the respect. You know who else deserves some respect? And, you, you know, you could say what you want, but um, how about those Dolphins? How about those Dolphins? No, no, we, we, we're not going to talk about the Dolphins. I, I'm, I'm usually on that, but not. The, I don't think this week is the, the week. I'm very conflicted. About the Dolphins. <laughs> I brought up the Dolphins for this reason. I don't want to be mean, but... You sure it was a good idea to bench Ryan? <laughs> Look, Tua has been holding the fort down great. He has. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be disrespectful. But... Tua was not having the best of games. He was not. It was not looking good. Miles Gaskin was carrying that Dolphins offense. But the second you put in Ryan, he drives down the field like if nothing and scores a touchdown. Are you serious? Doesn't even see where he's throwing and still completes a dime to put him in field goal range. So, So how about them Dolphins? But specifically, Ryan Fitzpatrick, get back your respect, buddy. I want my damn respect, too. He just won't go away. He really it's won't. It's the magic. It's the magic. All it's right. the fifth magic. Let's get through these pretty quick because we, we, we need to wrap up. But um, first loser, just like Alvin Kamara, it's an easy one. Dwayne Haskins is probably having the worst two weeks of his life. It's It's been it's been rough. He, had, he is the best quarterback prospect to ever come out of Ohio State. I will say that. Without a doubt, we'll forever say that until a godsend 
quarterback like Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow finds his way to Ohio State. He he is the best quarterback to ever come out of that program, 100%. In his career in the NFL, that career. he has a 60% completion percentage, which is pretty damn close to what Jamarcus Russell is. Passer rating, 74.4, when the perfect one is like 158. He was released by the Washington football team on Monday. Went unclaimed in waivers today. Why not just fire your agent? Because he's not getting you a job. And so we're left with Dwayne Haskins, who was given every opportunity to succeed in Washington. Look, Alex Smith and some random dude from Old Dominion called Tyler Heineke. Looked great, by the way. Looked way better than you ever did when he had to come in against Carolina. He he faced the same defense you did in not a blowout. So he could have like brought them back. He made it closer. But... The dude came from Old Dominion. You came from Ohio State. Where's... What happened, man? Because, like, I'm going to make fun of you for... Well, not make fun of you for going to a strip club. But I did make fun of you because of it. That's fine. You can go to a strip club. If you don't want to wear a mask, wear a mask, then that's on you. But at least perform on the field, bud. Yeah. And you've gotten benched... I think the most times this season by any quarterback. And one last thing is that you went unclaimed when there's quarterbacks like Nathan Peterman, like Matt Barkley, like, I don't know, Blake Bortles even has a job. He does have a job. You're right. And you can't find a team. You, sir, have hit rock bottom. So you, sir, Dwayne Haskins, who might never play another fucking single game in the NFL because of how bad you are, Stephen A. Yikes. That's all I have to say about that one. Yeah. Um, Speaking of bad, and this this team is going to actually be on a little bit later. What happened to the Rams? What happened? That makes it easy. That's one of mine. What happened to the Rams? They're phonies. They're big fat phonies. They were seven and three. Lutz. Seven and three. They've lost three out of their last five. What happened? You know, Jared Goffel's not playing MVP level football this season. He wasn't. But he was playing good football. Never has. At the beginning. At the beginning of the season, he was playing good football. What happened? My lord, I he's, he has been playing awful. And it doesn't make sense because Sean McVay is an offensive just guru, you know? But what happened? It, 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 it's, it's literally been a collapse. They've collapsed. They went from 7-3 first place in the division to now 9-6, and six, hoping they get into the playoffs. And hold on. Hold on. They have a win-and-in scenario, and they don't even have their quarterback. They have John Wolford. Oh, hold on. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. 
and Cooper Cup's on the COVID-19 list. And they don't have Darren Henderson. And oh. I don't even know if Cam Akers is going to play. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What happened? What happened? Look, they were not going to win the Super Bowl. I get it. But what happened? They were literally in the front running to be a, like, fourth. I mean, I'm sorry, a fifth or sixth seed. Or, or, or you know, because, you know, at the time they were they were the third seed. But we knew Seattle was going to come back eventually. But. Oh my god. What happened? I don't get it. I, I, I don't get their defense has looked pretty much the same. They haven't been blown out of any games, but they look like the Packers defense, and the Rams defense has never been a bend don't break defense. They've always been solid. And you know their offense is just like I don't know. Well, no, the, I, I, I don't know. The ran the the offense can't stay on the field. Their defense can't stay off the field, and I mean it doesn't help that Jared Goff broke his thumb. But, it doesn't help that Jared Goff is not playing good football in general. But that that's always been the thing. Is like he he has to be a good game manager, and it's all based on what he can do in the play action. That's a very difficult thing to rely on when it's Jared Goff and he's just average. I don't know if you saw the game or if you saw a clip, but there is a clip of Sean McVay just looking absolutely disgusted at Jared Goff when he was coming back on the on the bench. He was livid at him. And ugh, yikes. Um what what's worse is that with all of these injuries and all these things going on with a lot of their players is that they just lost to Seattle, who's number one in that division, and they lost, they lost to San Francisco three weeks ago. Well, if you look at their schedule, they've lost to pretty much any playoff contending team. Yeah, like it's and they they beat the NFC East. Congratulations! So that's four of their wins already out. Their other wins, you're like, okay, cool. You beat the Patriots, who just aren't the same. You and, beat the inconsistent Bucks, you know. And so that leaves you with maybe two quality wins that aren't really quality. And your losses are all quality losses. But that really doesn't matter when you have to go in, as of right now, into the playoffs, wild card round, against Seattle again, who just made you look silly out there in a very disappointing game. I Look, these Rams are playing the Cardinals Week 17. The Cardinals have been inconsistent. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but... I don't think they're winning this game. Well, I don't. They don't have Kyler either. So it's a, a battle of backup quarterbacks. So unless Dwayne Haskins comes in and starts for one of these teams, it's going to be a really interesting game to watch and not for Stephen, a good way. Stephen A, um, play the sound that the Rams have been doing the last three weeks. Ugh. You lost no. to the Jets. You lost to the Jets. Oh, they lost to the Jets, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Jets played way better than them. Jesus. Um, at least Cleveland had an excuse because they had none of their wide receivers. You had all of them. Cleveland. Yeah. That's... Since the Rams are my third loser, or my second loser as of now, my last loser are the Arizona Cardinals. 
Because guess what? They both play each other this week. Well, the Cardinals are my second loser, so let's get into it. Well, this is good for time. Um, I'm just going to say that we've reached a ceiling with the Arizona Cardinals this year. And I said they were my sleeper team. I think for more than half of the season, I was correct on that. And then just something went wrong. I, I guess they just watched the podcast and thought, oh, we're good. But a 20-12 to 12 loss against the Niners where you went 4 of 16 on third down. The 49ers were 2 of 9, so that's not even better. Kyler looked off. He threw 50 times, which is not good, and you only scored 12 points when you were supposed to be the, the high-octane offense that you were for more majority of the season. But even DeAndre Hopkins looked off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that. Um, Continue. Like... He was dropping balls. I've never seen DeAndre Hopkins drop any balls in his way. And these aren't, like, very difficult catches. I'm saying these are, like, very regular passes that I've seen Hopkins make and catch. But for the last few weeks, I just feel like they just shoot themselves in the foot and they really get on themselves. Like, they are their own worst enemy. Yeah. But this idea that Maybe Cliff Kingsbury is not the best decision. It's starting to grow on me because I love Cliff Kingsbury. But I think it's just a running joke of like, I think he's just like really handsome. He's just a, a cool coach to be around. But when it comes down to it, he's going to get out coached no matter what. Like he is a great value version of what Sean McVay is. Like the pretty boy, offensive yeah. guru. But at least Sean McVay has something to back it up. Cliff Kingsbury has a losing record at Texas Tech. And yeah. he had a losing record in his first season. He's done better this season with a really good offense. But I think it's come down to it now to where the discipline and the penalties, all of those factors are really going to fall on him to where this might be the best Cardinals that we've ever seen. My issue with Cliff Kingsbury and my issue with the play calling of the Arizona Cardinals Look, I'm not sitting here and I'm in no way trying to say that, you know, oh, play calling is so easy. It's not. Play calling in the NFL is extremely hard. It is a science. I get it. I'm not dumb. However, let's take a look at the Arizona Cardinals offense. You have Kyler Murray, an extremely talented quarterback. Okay. And then you have arguably the best skilled receiver in the league, hands down. At least in my opinion. But you can make the argument if you want to at least top three. Okay. You have an absolute speedster, firecracker in Christian Kirk. All right? And then you got Larry Fitz, all reliable. What, what is the trend about all reliable in the NFL? Okay, like he, he'll, he'll be there. He'll be there and waiting. No. Larry's still got some juice in him. I'm seeing Larry dive for bombs that he shouldn't have to you know you got chase edmonds and Kenyon drake nothing out of this world but it's a good duo so why aren't you using them my issue with the arizona cardinals these last couple weeks specifically and ever since they hit their ceiling and they started falling off there's moments in the games that i'm seeing and i'm seeing highlights of where it looks like they're running the same play over and over and over again. 
they're trying to force the ball to Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold's great. I like I like him. But you got D-Hop one-on-one against a corner that can't cover him. You got Christian Kirk that could absolutely burn a double man with a safety and a corner. You have Larry Fitz that can go on a post route because he just can. So why are you going on shallow routes every play? Why? You have Chase Edmonds. I'm not saying Chase Edmonds is, you know, freaking, um, you know, Aaron Jones or anything coming out of the backfield as a pass catcher or Alvin Kamara. But Chase Edmonds is very, you know, he's very, he, he's very potent. You know, he has it. Kenyon Drake's a hard runner. Why are you running the same play over and over again? Why are you not using your weapons? Why are you not getting creative? What happened? What happened? I, I don't understand. You have playmakers and you're not using them. If you want to give me the argument that D-Hop is third in the league in receiving yards, okay. Have you noticed that he gets a lot of his receiving yards in chunks? D-Hop has not been extremely consistent. He's consistent for three games, and then he has an off game. And then an okay game. Mm -hmm. And then a pop-off game, right? He gets a big chunk, and then an off game. I I, I don't get it. what, What is happening with this play calling? Dude, do you really, really think you made a good point that D-Hop was dropping balls? And that's unlikely. Still, you really think that 49ers secondary could have covered him? There were many plays in that game where I saw that D-Hop was one-on-one and Kyler did not even look his way. What the hell? Why? You have the playmakers. Use them. Come on. Well, I I think it's just like like you said, the inconsistency of just this whole team. Like, how do you go from scoring 35, 36 against the Eagles to a 49ers team that plays hard, but they're not as talented as you, and you put up 12? And you just, like, Kyler looks so frustrated after that game. Like, he was just on the bench and looked so frustrated. I'm like, you're you're the leader. Like, you are in control yeah. of this. Like, you determine what happens, how many points are on that board. Because Hell, even Diop's a leader. Look at how he talks to the teammates. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like why aren't you using Diop? He's arguably the best player on that field all the time. Well, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think it, it, it's, it would be fun to watch Arizona in the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to be a threat at all. And I, I never oh, thought they were going to oh. be a threat. I just, I'd like to see how far they can go. And how, how explosive, how fun can they be? But I think that fun's really come to an end, and it's all because of them. I don't think yeah. anyone's figured them out. It's not about that. It's just once they get down on themselves, it's it's disaster. Because I don't think they have the experience at quarterback or at coach, uh, head coach that, that can really fix that. The, the Arizona Cardinals are a team to me that they have like these stopping power rounds in every single position, but they're using duds. They're firing duds. And, and I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't, I don't get it. And you know, their defense is another topic. Their defense is okay. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It's nothing, it's something amazing, but you know, it, the, 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 the Cardinals have the potential to be like the Packers, but it's the the play calling the offensive mind is just not there and i don't understand because if you look at it on paper on paper you could you could somewhat make an argument that the 
pack uh, the Cardinals are a little bit more talented on offense than the Packers, you know? Somewhat. Cuz you know, yeah, you got DeVonte Adams, absolute monster. But don't don't sit here and tell me that Alan Lazard and MVS are better than Larry and and Christian, Christian Kirk. They're yeah. not. They're not. They're not. Aaron Jones and uh and AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams. Kenyon Drake is kind of like Jamal Williams. You could, like I said, Chase Edmonds has, has potential like Aaron Jones. It's there, but it, it's not being used. And I think I completely agree with your earlier point that they are shooting themselves in the foot. A hundred percent. I don't know. It's 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 rough. It's rough to see. And yeah. they, sh- they shouldn't be a loser. They shouldn't. I, I think they should be definitely a playoff team. Like uh, yeah. They are a perfect wildcard team when they're at their best. Yeah. Yeah. And they make him may they can maybe shock someone in the first round, but for right now, going into week seventeen, they need a win just to even think about getting in. And it's only like what two more teams to help them out or something like that. I think so. I mean, if Chicago wins, that makes it really difficult for them. But yeah. I mean, they're you're going into the last game of the season without Kyler Murray, who has yeah. been probably the most crucial part to your offense. It sucks, so. man. It, it, it sucks. Six, All right, yeah. Stephen A. So, so that means that my last one is it, right? Yes. So okay. we are so, now at the one last thing. Yes. Okay. So then I'll make this one real quick so we can get into the rap because I've talked about it all season. So there's not that much explanation. Um, you mentioned it earlier, and. It's it's literally an absolute travesty. Um, these Texans are going nowhere, nowhere. I mean, you literally are wasting Deshaun Watson's career. A hundred percent. You're not giving him any help. Will Fuller is extremely talented. Don't get me wrong, but Will Fuller cannot carry this team. He can't. Your defense is god-awful. I mean, just god-awful. My lord. David Johnson, come on, man. He had his prime, but he can't stay healthy. Well, uh, okay. Well, isn't Will Fuller suspended? Will Fuller is suspended, yes. Ever since then, Brandon Cooks has been playing really well. But I think it's a lot to do with Deshaun Watson. Yes. David Johnson is actually impressing me because over the last few weeks he's had over 100 yards. Now, while I agree with you, can he consistently be on the field to do that? No, I mean, the the idea of him just being there was a joke in that yeah. trade. But for, for the most part, like I feel like in this Week 17 matchup against the Tennessee Titans, I actually want to see that game. Because it's going to be a shootout. Like, there's no defense. I'll agree with you. That defense is absolutely terrible. But they've never really had a good defense other than J.J. Watt. But I'm actually watching this game because I'm like, Deshaun Watson will make it interesting. And he's made the most of what he can do. But Romeo Cronell is just a temporary uh, fix for the head coaching job. Absolutely, yeah. I think they're trying to do the most out of it. I think guys, I think right now when you look at a team that's that bad, 
and you look at the players that want to be there, like J.J. Watt, he came out and said it. It's like, if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. Like, I'm tired of this bullshit of, like, we get paid a lot of money, and people come to see us, they spend a lot of money. And if you don't want to put in the work, then don't be here. I think that's been a long time coming in Houston. But I feel like the the idea of just, like, saying that the, the Texans are just beating themselves or they're, they're just disappointed. It's like, no, it, it's just a bad organization with a lot of great players, which has always been the case. I, I just, I don't know. Like, like losing the Bengals isn't a, a, a loss in my opinion. Like the Bengals are just trying to end the season on a good note while Houston Texans, their season was gone within week three. The Houston Texans are a completely sabotaged organization by one man that we will not name because Literally, he should be arrested for his crimes. No, Morgan. yeah, his his mistakes will will hurt them for many years. So, like I said, I'm going to keep this simple so we can get to our last topic. And to end off this point, all that that I just mentioned, the horrific defense, wasting Deshaun's career, not having a good offensive support system in running back or in wide receiver. You can make the argument, like, like you said, with Brandon Cooks, that's fine. But what about the other side? If you, if you just have one, okay, double team him, what are you going to do? All right. He's done. David Johnson. I mean, Kiki Cutie. Uh, not Will Fuller, though. And David Johnson, hey, man. Yeah, he's been impressive. But he's been impressive for, what, six games? Six, seven games out of the 16? It, it, you know, tend it off. And they're not even getting any help soon. Because the man that should be arrested gave the dolphins their fourth overall pick right now oh god i forgot fourth. about that did you, hey, hey did you know that houston has a fourth overall pick technically as of right now oh wait no they don't because it's miami it's miami you just gave miami the chance to either draft a, a high-end offensive lineman or or according to mel kuyper uh, is it? I don't know if it's Micah or Mika. Micah Parsons, and that kid's a stud. Well, if you just want to just say screw you, Houston, just go for Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. Well, can you imagine Jamar Chase? Can you imagine him on the Dolphins? Wow. You get you, you, you do Devontae Parker. You do Jamar Parker, Chase. Jamar Chase and Preston Williams. No, I think it makes more sense to do Devontae Smith because Preston Williams is your lengthy, you know, route runner with physicality, Devontae Smith is just going to give you everything and speed. Which fits that Miami. Like, Tua is just going to love him. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if Deshaun could be throwing to Jamar? Could you imagine? But no, it won't happen. That'd be fun. Uh, Stephen A, just finish it off, my lord. One last thing. Sir, you go first. I've had an issue this whole entire season with this topic. And it's honestly gotten to a point where these this has to be the most, I guess you could say, questionable playoffs I've ever seen in my life. Let me list something real quick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion are the most inconsistent 10-5 and 5 team I've ever seen in my life. 
you're going to sit here and tell me that Tampa Bay is going to go into the playoffs against a New Orleans team that absolutely destroyed them earlier this season. I mean, it wasn't even funny. It was a blowout. Has to go against a Packers team that is going to win the NFC, you know. But my main point in all this is, why has there been so many inconsistent teams in this league? This season has proven to be one of the most inconsistent seasons ever I've ever seen. You got the Bucks, ten and five. They don't look like a ten and five team to me. Mm-hmm. Some 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 games, like I've like I said before, they come out looking like the nineteen eighties forty niners, and some games they look like the freaking twenty twenty Jets. I don't get it. I I don't get it. Go to the AFC. The Oakland Raiders should be a playoff team. They should. They should be a playoff team. But no, because Las, they're Las Vegas. Games. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders should be a playoff team. But no, they aren't. Because they win games like the Chiefs, and they almost beat them again. But then they come out and they get blasted by the Falcons. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the worst 11-0 team, now 12-3. and that I've ever seen in my life. You you barely beat out the NFC East in every single game. Every single game. You barely beat them out. Uh, they lost to Washington. Oh, yes, that's right. I'm sorry. You lose to the Washington football team. That is in disarray right now. You barely beat the Cowboys two weeks after. So they were in complete and utter disarray. You beat the Eagles that almost came back on you. When Carson Wentz was in the prime of his meltdown this season. Yeah, that was his, probably his best game. You literally barely beat the NFC East. You lose to the flukiest team. I mean, I'm sorry. The worst team in your division, the Bengals. You lose to a team in disarray. And then you also lose. I, I... So, you know, and then the team that I mentioned earlier, the Rams complete collapse what happened what is going on with these teams so my topic and i guess i'll finish it with the reveal get the discipline up man come on this has been the most undisciplined season in the nfl in my opinion because there are so many teams that just should be better than what they are and i'll end off my topic with this I'm not saying they should be a playoff team, but they should be in contention. The Chargers could have had a spot in these playoffs. They could have. Because they lost so many games because of dumb mistakes, because of this one possession that they could have won, but they blow it. So my rant of the week is discipline. Get it up because, my God, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you can usually see what's going to happen in these playoffs. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in these playoffs. I really don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we say that the Packers are going to win the NFC East. I mean, I mean the, the NFC in general. But how? How is everything going to shape up under? Who are they going to play? I don't know. I don't know who they're going to play. The Seahawks look in, The Seahawks have looked bad the last month. The Rams, who the hell knows if by some miracle the Cardinals get in. Okay, great. If the Bears get in, great. They, they're hot. But 
look what happened to him. Look at the collapse in the middle of the season. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I really don't know. So, yeah, discipline. I'll, I'll tell you what happens. My one last thing is that this week, the Cowboys beat the Eagles. The Eagles beat the Saints earlier this season. Oh, oh okay. Well, the Saints have been Tampa twice. But guess what? Due to inconsistency and undiscipline, Tampa has been in both Green Bay and Las Vegas. Yeah. Wait, no, no, Tampa lost a lot. Oh, Las Vegas. I'm sorry. Yes, Las Vegas. Yes, yes. So if Tampa beats Green Bay, then the NFC is open. So then on the other side, if Tampa beat Las Vegas, will the Raiders beat Kansas City? Well, sir, I leave it with this. If that can all happen, the Cowboys can beat Green Bay and Kansas City. Cowboys winning Super Bowl. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now would you lose?